You're unbelievable. No. Go, go. I wouldn't do that. No. No. What not to do? You're unbelievable. Hi, welcome back to What Not To Do. I am your host, uh, Tristan is my name. I am so happy that you are here if it's your first time here and happy if that you are returning if you are coming back. Thank you so much for starting to share the podcast. Please keep in mind um, that is, it is a requirement of you listening. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But I would really appreciate it. If you do share it, make sure you include a live link to the podcast itself. You can find this on the Spotify page. It looks like two little arms reaching out or a greater than sign. You hit that, you can get the link, and you can paste that directly into your story. Um, And you also have an option to do that on Apple as well with a little like three dot ellipsis situation and you can share the podcast from there as well but if you don't put the actual link and you just screenshot the art nobody's going to go to the podcast no one's going to listen to the podcast you have to put a live link in there so uh thank you for those of you that have been sharing i need this please do this there you go. i really appreciate that um okay in other news this weekend was the olympia and BravoCon, and while I do love the Olympia as a former bodybuilder, competitive bodybuilder, really now it's like, it's just about trusting my eye. I always say like, it's like betting on ponies. Um, and it's really like a passion for me. Other people explain it like, like, uh, it being like they're really into football or team sports or something like that. That's kind of what bodybuilding is for me. Like I love watching these huge competitions, watching first call out, seeing a lineup of of six, and knowing before they start trading them, like, where I think they're going to fall and then seeing top three and and saying who I think is going to place and who they're going to choose and never being wrong. Like, I don't know if there's a way to capitalize on my bodybuilding um, winner picker abilities, but, like, if there is, please DM me because I, I want to make some fast cash and I never, ever am wrong. <laughs> I know exactly who's going to win the Olympia um, in classic bodybuilding, bikini, and... Um, wellness. Those are kind of the divisions that I'm most uh, passionate about. And then we had BravoCon and honestly, I would have rather been there. Like the like I'm obsessed with reality TV. I watch a couple of the Housewives franchises. I watch Beverly Hills. I watch um Orange County. I used to watch New York. I think those are like my my only two that I really really watch. But the first couple of seasons of Potomac was, were pretty good. I don't watch the new New York. I tried. I like couldn't get into it, but I love the other Bravo shows like Southern Charm, um, Summer House, Winter House, Below Deck. Those are my shows that I love. And I don't know if you guys saw, but Captain Jason and Lala supposedly hooked up, got together. Something happened, and I just I need this because since I have no love life or sex life right now, I want it for Lala. Okay. Um, I'm actually after watching that first episode of Beverly Hills, this I had so many thoughts, and I was like, you know what? Screw it. It's my podcast I'm gonna do an entire episode just based on recapping and talking about the the dynamics that are occurring in episode one of this Beverly Hills Housewives and I didn't get to it but I'm considering 
just having like a reality Friday random episode podcast here and there talking about these shows because they're so good. They're so good. And I know that you guys, a lot of you do listen because I'll post in my story something about it. And I get like the most comments from people when I'm posting about, uh, you know, Housewives of a Low Deck or something. So I could look, look out for it. It could be in my future um, or your future. On this week's episode, I get to talk to Susan Gagliardi. She's basically amazing. She's a psychic advisor and a sexuality coach and an astrologer. And we dive into Black Moon Lilith, which wherever you, whatever sign you have in Black Moon Lilith, that is where you, how you respond to relationships and sex, how you receive and how you give. And I learned so much from my talk with her and I hope that you get a lot out of it. And then, and I'm going to put the links in the show notes as well, because she sent me this ebook that was so educational and it dives further into my black moon Lilith. Mine is in Capricorn because some of the things she said during the reading, she was looking at like a multitude of my planets, my charts or whatever to kind of figure out who I am. And so some of the things she was saying, I was like, no, you'll hear it. I'm like, no, that's not me. I like this. And then reading it in the ebook, it kind of makes sense because like I, you know, I'm, I'm pro monogamy and I like the safety of that. I like the, um, consistency of being with one person that really, really calls to me, but like, I do need like some kind of adventure factor or spice factor or mixing it up or a longing for somebody through distance or something like that. And that's actually in my Black Moon Lilith and it breaks it down in this ebook. And it just, it's kind of like when I first found human design and I was like, oh my God, this is me. That's kind of how I felt reading this. And if you're anything like me, you love learning about yourself and diving deeper into who you are as a person and kind of using that information that you learn. It's up to you to do the research, to kind of learn about these things and see if it resonates with you. And then once you realize that it does, how do you apply what you learn to your life to make your choices easier, to make your life easier, to make your life more enjoyable by being your most most authentic self? Um, that's what I'm working on now. The more that I learn about myself, the more I'm like, okay, it's, you know what, Tristan, don't just hold on. Don't go after something so hard. It's actually in your best interest. It's in your chart. It's in your human design. It's in your astrology to kind of sit back and receive, to sit back and allow universe, God source to, to bring something into your life so that you can decide if it's for you or not. You don't have to chase so hard. You don't have to work so hard. And that's something that's working for me. And that's the only reason I got to go there and, and kind of learn that about myself is because I did the research and I started kind of deep diving on myself and these kinds of things and seeing what resonated with me. So I hope that you enjoy this interview. Um, it was super, super fun. And yeah, I will talk to you guys next week. Mwah. Oh, DM me if you have any questions or you cannot figure out the links. Okay, bye. Hey. Then Gallardi, am I saying that right? Gallardi. Yeah, Gallardi or Gallardi. Yeah, you nailed Gallardi. it. That's awesome. Professional psychic advisor, yes, shamanic astrologer, somatic sexuality coach, and certified relationship advisor. She's been working with women for over 27 years in the areas of relationship, dating, career, and family. Susan is a strong advocate for rediscovering living from our feminine energy and how powerful it can be for women. Susan, I'm so excited to have you here today. Yay. I'm like, we're going to talk about so many things. Like, I know that I'm going to like learn so much from this conversation and get so much out of it. So I am stoked. Thank you for coming. 
Thank you for inviting me. And I'm super stoked too. And I'm, like I said to you earlier, I'm super excited about when we get to talk about your astrology. So this is going to be fun. So first let us like kind of fill us in on kind of how you started, how you learned about your psychic gift and kind of what got you into astrology, sexuality, all of that. Okay. Um, that's a, that's a long, I'll keep it short. So as far as like the, the, the psychic, the psychic and astrology things really kind of interesting. The astrology I was interested in from about my early twenties, like as I, I went to the university of Washington graduated a business degree. And, and so I really started into this after that. And I studied astrology for a while and then it kind of naturally led into the psychic realm. And it really was something that I, I never thought I could do, but that I, I took a, like took a class and learned and I'm just like, wow, it's just like a muscle like anything else, anyone can really learn to do it. And, and the longer it's gone on, the more it's evolved and it, it, from cards to just like direct channeling. Um, and, and the astrology has evolved also. And I, as you said, this shamanic astrology, which is the, the paradigm that I came into most recently. And I absolutely love it because it's, it's more focused on the evolution of the self, which which we'll get into later. So that was kind of my evolution. And I, I started reading professionally, psychically, like I said, about 27 years ago. And I've done it. I've been online. I've been on, on you know, over the phone. I've done psychic fairs. And what I loved most about it really was, was working with women and working um, with women in relationship. That was really where my gifts were. And so... For me personally, the the journey into the feminine energy and the the somatic sexuality um, coaching came when I see I it was about forty when my second marriage was falling apart, and I'm I'm looking at myself and I'm like you know what is wrong with me, what is wrong with me? I think that's a, a question that I see going on a lot with women when they're when they feel like they're failing in relationships, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so I started thinking to myself, I'm, I'm a tomboy and, and, you know, kind of a thinker and I, I like sports and like, well, maybe I'm just not feminine enough. And so I started looking into what is, what is feminine? What is, what does that mean? And, and I like looked up the definition. I don't, the only thing that really sticks in my head at this point in time is that it says like a feminine frilly blouse. And I'm like, well, that that is not me. <laughs> no wonder, you know, no wonder I don't think I'm, I'm feminine. And what I, but what I came to discover is that isn't what feminine is at all. That's, that's kind of like a feminine look, but feminine itself is actually like a, a way of being. It's an, an essence. It is not, it's not what you look like. It's not just the hair and the nails and the you know, the, the girly, you know what I'm talking about, how the girly girl thing that you can be um, sporty spice and still be completely in what I call your feminine energy. And that was a big eye opener for me. And I, I, I loved it so much because what I came to understand about myself is, and I think this is true for, for pretty much the majority of Western women, I was raised to be in my masculine energy and I was, and I thought my best way of connecting with men was to be one of the boys come to find out that no, that, it, you know, that is not the case at all. And so 
what I'm going to do at this point really is talk about what I discovered is the difference between what, what's masculine energy and what's feminine energy. And yeah, so, so let, I want to I want to spitball because yeah. when I'm thinking about masculine and feminine energy, and when we were discussing previously, is I was explaining to you that I'm in a male dominated. Uh, business for a really long time, personal training. And so I was used yeah. to being on the floor with just a bunch of men and also kind of having to hold my own on the floor and showcase my knowledge, my level of wisdom um, regarding like what I was doing there and kind of almost, I had to kind of um, show up in a different way than the men did. It's like, I almost had something to prove. So because of that, I had to be in my masculine energy a lot. Like that's kind of the energy that I had to give off while I'm, I'm actually inherently feminine person. Anyone that would meet me would, would think of me as being feminine, but like, I, I wasn't, I couldn't really be in my feminine in that environment. And like, it wasn't until I kind of in the last couple of years kind of realized, wow, I'm, I'm in my masculine energy a lot. And that's not yeah. really like where I'm comfortable being. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you on that. It's the same for in, like anyone that's like a single mom. I was a single mom for a lot of years. I'm, you know, I've mm -hmm. always had a job and when we're in that environment, you know, we're always in our masculine because masculine is the, the doing hard giving structured and thinking energy and we'll get like I said we'll get into your astrology in, in a bit but you have a lot of actually thinking in your in your astrology and I do too and so that it's a, a bit of a natural state for us to be in is the thinking whereas the feminine is the soft receptive um, creative you know if you think about the woman in the womb we are the creative life force um, it's emotional and it's it's beingness as opposed to doingness. And to me, the kind of cool thing about masculine and feminine energy is that they they're opposites of each other, but they complement each other because you cannot have you cannot give if no one will receive. Right. And you can you know you can be creative and be in the flow all you want, but it takes doing and structure to make something materialize, right? right? So we can never be all in one or all in the other. Um, but to your point where what you were saying, which, you know, when I, I run this little exercise of, of the, between the two different energies and we realize that we choose an energy that we want to inhabit. So this isn't, this, you know, this is not necessarily a topic involving um, gender because we all have both. And you can you can feel into your body and go, what energy am I most comfortable in? And for me, is definitely the feminine energy. I mean, I want to be in my feminine energy, and it sounds like you're the same. Is that correct? Yes, I do. In fact, like that's uh, you know, I'm I'm single and I'm out there, and I'm definitely taking my time trying to find the right partner because I'm not quite in that space yet. But mm -hmm. like at top of my list for finding that partner is someone who is truly in his masculine and not in the, you know, Stetson cowboy tobacco spitting masculine, <laughs> but like it, that makes me feel safe so that I'm allowed to be in my family together and like allowing them to lead. And I've literally never been in a romantic relationship like that before ever. Yeah. And well, and I think that a lot of the reason that happens to us is that we're raised in our masculine 
and you can't have two two energies in the same energy all the same at all the same time. So you know, you, if you've got two people that are in, in their masculine, that they, if you're in your feminine, if you want to be in your feminine but you're inhabiting your masculine, you're emasculating them, and it and it does literally destroy the relationship. Or one person has to spend a lot of time in the energy that they're not comfortable, and it it then destroys the relationship. Does that make sense? Yes. Or and also, like for me, I'm personally curious about, you know, we're talking about how you have the masculine and the feminine energy and you need kind of both to create, basically, you know, yeah, you need that masculine energy to execute type of a thing. But in these relationships that I'm in, I found myself like dimming my light. Yep. And it's like this very weird circle of like... I don't want to be the brightest that I can be. I don't want to be the loudest and the biggest that I can be. I don't want to let all my energy out of the box because I don't want this person that I'm with to, to see that in me and not like that or, or be angry that I'm exhibiting that or not step into his masculine and lead the way that I need him to be. And it's this constant cycle of like denying who you really are because you're trying to please your partner because you yep. want them in their masculine and because yep. you want to be in your feminine. It's like this really weird, vicious cycle. Is this making sense? It absolutely makes sense. It is a weird, vicious cycle. And a lot of it often is because we don't know how to be in our feminine and still get our needs met. That, how do we do that? Tell us. <laughs> that, <laughs> therein is the big challenge. And it, it for most people, it takes a lot of kind of rethinking because and it's a whole process but we actually if we can live from our feeling space if we can can talk to them the way you connect to people heart to heart is to come from your feelings and things say you know when when we it's such a long week i could go through a whole exercise and it, but it's a way of talking there's words that you can use that activate the masculine and there's a way of communicating that actually is very empowering but it's also very feels very vulnerable and so it, it's a challenge to to kind of change your talking but it's incredibly ef effective and it actually puts women in a much more powerful position from that coming from that soft space and positioning it in a way that that the man almost makes the choice but he doesn't really have any choice but to make the choice <laughs> because of just the way you came and men's you activate their um, instinct to protect and provide can so you give us all... like one example of what it is you're speaking about so the listeners kind of understand. Yeah, yeah. Let me try to think of a good. Let me try to think of a good example of. Um, like I can, I can give you a story. I can give you a, a quick story of a fail of a really good friend of mine. So she had sent her husband to the store, and the masculine energy, the a masculine, a healthy masculine energy is just wants to provide. Literally, they want to provide and please women. They, they literally live to do that. It's so hot. And he, it is hot. It's, it's so totally hot. hot. You know, then they can showcase their, their providing and their protecting skills. But anyway, she sent him to the store for some things and he took a list and he came home and he, you know, he brought everything in the house. He's all proud of himself. And, and she's digging through the bags, pulling everything out, inspecting it. And she comes to the cherries and she goes, what are these? 
And he's like, the cherries. He goes, these are, she's like, these aren't the cherries that I wanted. And you could see his whole body just completely deflate. Like he completely deflated. She completely emasculated, <laughs> completely emasculated him. And, you know, cause he had like done his, done his best and done his best to please her and done what she'd asked. And so in that circumstance, like the better thing to do is just ignore that he didn't get the type of, didn't read her mind to get the type of cherries that she wanted and just say, thank you. You did a great job. And that lifts them up and, and it actually inspires them to, to do more. The more you ask men to do for you, the more they'll actually do it. And you've got to appreciate that they do it in their way. And it may not be exactly the way you want it to be, but um, that's one example. Does that all make sense? It totally does. But it's like immediately, like my little hairs on the back of my neck raise up because I'm, I'm, I'm hearing this and I'm like, yes, this makes sense. You don't want to emasculate your partner because they went to the store and they did the thing and they did it to the best of their ability. But on the other hand, and I'm just being devil's advocate here because I'm going through a divorce. So, you know, I had some cherry stories of my own, but it's like, how many, how many years, Susan, does this, do you have to send to the man, the man to the store to get the fucking cherries and he brings home <laughs> the wrong cherries and he knows which cherries that you want. How many chances do you give this man to get you the right cherries before you lose your, you know what I mean? I do. I, I, I get it. And it, and it is, it is a bit of a process and in that, and I'm glad that you brought that up because what I was going to go into next, it's a great segue into it. When you're not getting your needs met, there's a way of communicating with them. And I'm going to use, I'm not going to use the cherry example because that one's a little more complex. I'm going to use the garbage, taking out the garbage example. Okay. Let's just say that. And I hate taking out the garbage. Absolutely hate taking out the garbage. I don't know why. And I ask my man and I ask my man, take out the garbage. And he, he, he doesn't remember to take out the garbage or I'm always nagging him about the garbage. And, and what I need to do is have a conversation about him, about it with him and say, I feel just icky when I have to take out the garbage. And if you would take out the garbage for me, you know, it would, it would provide me, you know, the, the opportunity to, to not have to deal with that, to, to just be in a better space, you know, whatever words you want to use. And, you know, what do you think? So we're putting him into thinking. I've used a feeling word to say, I feel icky. That connects to his heart. And then I give him the opportunity to think. And he'll say, typically they'll say, you know, they may make a joke or whatever about how easy it is to take the garbage out. They're going to puff up. They're going to be men. We have to give them some allowance for things, things that men do. <laughs> we got to give them a little bit of a break. And, and then you, you say, he said, okay, I'll take out the garbage. And then you ask him, you know, well, what do you need for me to do it? And they may need um, you to remind, they may need you to remind them. They may need you, need you to, to set the garbage out or do this or do, you know, they'll tell you what they need. And then you've created this conversation where you've connected with their heart and then you let them think and you let them solve the problem and you let them, you let them win. And then you give them gratitude. Thank you. Yes. And appreciation. So, and I'm, they, so you know, I'm so on board with you. And I do think what you're saying is true, but I'm realizing that I'm, I'm, I think I'm in a place where like just hearing this like annoys me because 
<laughs> yes, I, I, get, I understand. I don't want to be in a relationship with a man that I have to pussyfoot around and remind to take the garbage out. The mental load of a woman, let alone a mother, let a, like is insane compared to that of a man. So I guess this is where this is why I have such trouble being in my feminine in a relationship, because like I don't want to have to be that person to my partner. So here's and here's what I would say to that, which mm -hmm. is I because I 100 percent agree. Like if you had told me this back when I was in my 20s, I would have I would have laughed in your face. Like mm -hmm. you got to stroke their egos or do this. And it isn't and it isn't that. And my mom literally told me that at one point in time in my second marriage. I'm like, all he does is bring home my paycheck. And she's just like, well, that's how men are. And Ew. I'm like, why didn't anybody, Ew. Why didn't anybody tell me that? You know, why didn't anybody tell me this? And that's and that's not true. It isn't true, but right. it does take some work. And I, and I, I think that my experience. I'm going to put. I'm going to phrase that differently. My experience has been as I've I've learned to to inhabit, and I had to learn literally learn how to inhabit my feminine energy. It it a it kind of happens of its own accord in a very magical way, um, it, which is really interesting. I mean, men. When I need something, men appear, mm -hmm. like literally. I call it the grocery store chronicles. When something's happening with me at the grocery store, that's a crisis, a man will appear and help me. So A, there's that, which is true. And then B, the next time you, you get into relationship, you're going to come at it from a, a such a different approach when you start to learn to inhabit the space that... Um, it it will it will evolve very naturally. It won't be this super challenging, difficult process. And I and I'm I don't want to do it right now because I'm kind of saving it for the end. But some of in your astrology, there's some thing <laughs> there's some things that tell me you tend to pick <clears throat> men that that maybe need like baby birds. I call it the baby bird syndrome. Maybe you have the tendency to pick broken men a little bit. Ugh. Oh, girl. <laughs> You know, I do it, 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 like <laughs> I wanted to say, like, we're going to get to this in just a minute because I know it's going to be good and it's going to lead to other stuff in the conversation. But I do think for me and probably I can I'm going to speak for other women as well, listening, hopefully. But like instead instead of thinking of it as like being in my feminine and making myself smaller or um you know kind of walking on eggshells in a way to accommodate and bring out this part of my man that I want him to bring out instead what kind of worked for me um is thinking about it more as releasing control for some reason that yes. shift in my thinking yes. really really helped yes. me and when I had my first baby I like I, I changed 180 degrees with my firstborn and my firstborn uh I mean everything had to be perfect I was like like it, her brain development how her food was organic everything like it, her like <laughs> everything was organic and perfect and her day was structured and she was on the most crazy schedule we've ever seen and and it took a lot out of me because I also put a lot of pressure on myself to for my own goals and my own body and things like that so just trying to be the mother that I wanted to be and also be the kind of woman that I wanted to be and the kind of wife that I wanted to be and put all that pressure on me. It was really hard for me to kind of delegate things to my new husband at that time and to think like, okay, he's got to do this a certain way. And if he doesn't do this a certain way, then he's doing it the wrong way. And so for me, I went through this little process of being like, just because he does it 
his way doesn't mean it's the wrong way because he's the father and he's the other half of the equation. And it's very healthy for my child to be exposed to, you know, it, it being done a different way. It being done their father's way. It's totally fine. It's actually going to help her in the long run. I remember specifically an incident being the bath because I liked the water the certain way and I liked a certain number of bubbles in it. And like <laughs> when I tilted her little head back, you know, you had to help tilt her head back at a certain angle and get the water and you didn't want to put the water in her eyes and you've got to do it this way. And one day I just released it and I was like, you know what? He gets water in her eyes, he'll deal with it. He'll get soap in her eyes. Yeah. And I had to like release it. And that was like my first little baby step of kind of being like relinquishing control. And and just so I could take it off my my mental plate, you know, of not thinking about it and not thinking that I was going to hurt or ruin my child by not doing everything perfectly. And in doing so, kind of giving him more power and empowering him to be a father. And even though like today, obviously, we're divorcing and we're not no longer husband and wife and haven't been romantic forever but like he's a great father and he's very comfortable mm-hmm. in that role and it, it all happened mm-hmm. in that shift of me being like no you can choose to do this your way and your way is also the right way yeah absolutely and first of all that is not a baby step that you made that that shift that you made was huge and Thank it goes you. back to me it goes back <laughs> to the cherries the cherry story it really does go back to the cherry story where where I said, you know, he didn't get the right cherries. That wasn't entirely his fault. She didn't specify. She just said cherries. What where where women get pissed because they don't men don't do the dishes the right way or this the right or that the right. You gotta let it go. Because we don't we don't wanna be I don't wanna be. I don't I don't wanna be with a with a I wanna be with a man. And if we expect the man to be a perfect person, and not only that, but to be a perfect woman to do things like a woman would do things, we're not going to end up with a man. We're going to end up with a woman. So what you did there just naturally by making that shift was, was huge and allowed him to do it in the way that a man would do it and, and just let that go. And not only that, but then you bring yourself so much more peace, right? Yes. (laughs) Because to this day, I talk about this all the time, but my, to this day, like just that one decision that I made in that moment to like, let him parent, certain way there were certain do things the way that he wanted to do them as the father um to this day like our my my children see us both as primary parents they they were both daddy mommy or mommy daddy we're both equally responsible for them we're literally 50 50 in the parenting and, and like it's for, it, I, it's for me for me it's like I think it's my greatest accomplishment, honestly. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is a big one. It yeah. really and truly is, and it will, and it will have, it will, you know, come through in your your next relationship for sure, because you'll start off on on that boat, and then there there's no damage, and there's no like because women we get so resentful and angry, and this is what destroys relationships is these little resentful, angry, angry pieces that we all hold inside. And and then the sex goes and, you know, the relationships is over. And um, so letting go of that is actually a huge, a huge piece because by design, like I said, the masculine, the feminine, they're opposite of each other, but complementary. And if you think about, you know, the, the sex parts, the, the, you know, the, the man is the penetrative part and the woman is the receptive part and then I'll throw in another little tidbit about that um, 
if it's if it's okay talking about anatomy, the tip. Yeah, anything, tip. any like sexy thing that you want to talk about, it's like fair game. Like, please go to town. Okay, it's my like the, one the of my tip. favorite topics. Okay. I just I just love this fact about the the tip of the penis and the tip of the cervix are both um, reflexology points for the heart. Ooh. So when you're having sex, you're connecting. That connection is is a heart to heart connection. I just think that that's so profound and beautiful. If, and I well, if your and, penis and, is touching your cervix, then that's a keeper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess that's true. That is true. But um, I think it's a great analogy for the whole the whole bit of relationship. If you if you kind of think about it in a in a like a broader sense and you know letting the man you know do what the man does what his energy does and and accepting that in its in its form and then that allows us to be in our feminine it allows us to sit back and and receive i mean really and truly i've i've you know watched men i dated this one man and i would go over to his house and he would cook and clean up and i would just <laughs> i would just sit there and it felt really awkward in a lot of ways but he was totally in his masculine doing that giving 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 and i'm in my feminine receiving 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 and you know not that we can't necessarily make up for it in other ways but that was a super interesting experience for me to have because i'm like oh wow i don't have to be rushing around proving that I'm a good cook or doing this or doing that. And in all that stuff, I'm really just dimming my light of who I am, like you were talking about. Not yeah. that I don't love to cook or whatever, but it's it, the energy behind it in in the moment when in the past when I've been cooking, it's more about see see my value. I'm a good cook. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> Rather than honestly, he loved the guy loved it. He lo he, he loved having me over and cooking for me. Oh, that was like the whole, the whole beginning of my marriage. I felt like, um, I, I had to give up my, my career at the time, which I just kind of moved everything online. I was a personal trainer, but I had my own business. And at the time being a female who was single, keeping herself afloat just from personal training was a really big deal. Like you never saw yeah. that. You did see personal trainers that were women, they were married and they had, they were part of a dual income house. Like, and that's how you kind of survived. But I survived yeah. just totally doing it on my own. And I kind of, and I, I got pregnant and we got married and we moved away and it's like, okay, now how am I going to like prove my worth and prove that, you know, this, that I'm worth it in a way. And so yep. I would, yep. I was, you know, pregnant and I, he would come home and I would make sure the house was clean and I would cook dinner for him and, you know, make sure the laundry was done. And I just automatically just thought like, this is how I need to behave to like earn yeah. my worth. And what ended up happening almost was like the opposite of what I thought would happen. Like he, it, it didn't, it didn't bring us closer. It didn't cultivate more intimacy. He didn't see value in that. Now it could just be him. There could be other men out there that could have really liked that. But I just always think that that's so interesting that, that I, I felt like I had to prove my worth by doing and prove my value by doing. Yep. And that's and really not what being in your feminine is. No, it isn't. It isn't. I, I, I love to give the, all the other kind of analogy, which is when we have a, a bait, when we have a baby, in our body, I mean, we're just providing the space for the baby to grow. The baby's doing all of its own. So the feminine nurturing is really more about holding the space for someone someone to grow. It doesn't even look at like all that doing and cooking and doing all this and that. And what ends up happening, like I said, is all that doing and over-functioning, all we do is, is 
push push a man away or or ruin a relationship. Not that they aren't doing their own whole own bit to ruin the relationship mm-hmm. as well, but we can we can shift our energy into that that space. And especially if we're with a man that that we really want to make it work, um, it can shift everything on a on a dime. It can turn a relationship around on a dime. So what is the, well, I'm curious, do you, do you understand like the psychology behind somebody maybe being in their masculine or being forced to be in their masculine? And then when they're discovering their sexuality, they realize that they like to take on more of like a submissive role in the bedroom. Like, do you come across that? (laughs) You're making me laugh. You're making me laugh so much. I'm talking about (laughs) myself. I'm just trying to get, I know you are. I know you are because. You are, you have just completely nailed your astrology. <laughs> like you won't even believe. Okay. Should we just um, go that, into that then? Or should we just yeah, go yeah, that? for okay. sure. Okay. Because, um, so I'm going to, I'm going to talk about first, I got to start here because you, you've led me right to it. Black moon Lilith, which is, which is a probably a little known point. I mean, people that don't know much about astrology may have never heard of it. And it's a, a point of the moon orbit around the earth i don't want to go into all the technical but your black moon lilith is in capricorn and and my black moon lilith is also in capricorn our black moon liliths are very close and i have exactly what you just said there and so capricorn energy is all about um being the leader being the manager kind of being in control and and when you black moon lilith is a point that addresses feminine wounding and and sexuality and wounding, kind of wounding in our sexuality. So it's where we go to look. It's to me, it's a key point for a relationship because it can look at our ourselves. Like for Capricorn, it's our ability to lead somehow has been diminished, and so we can spend a lot of time proving ourselves as a leader in a leadership role. And in the bedroom, it can it um, translates into this dominant submissive. Um, thing you either like to be dominant or you like to be submissive so it's the power the power and control thing in the bedroom so for you and for me also it it expresses as the i i love to be submissive in the bedroom but i'm not submissive you know otherwise but in the bedroom i like a man that takes charge pull my hair baby yeah i just i mean i to me the 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 like it kind of all circles back to like really wanting to please the person that i'm with so yeah and I get and it. not yep. being and and like not having and that turns you and that turns you on right it does but it's 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 more about like taking my stress away in the bedroom because i had to deal with like sexual repression i think for so long yep that it's yep. like it's like okay if i have somebody telling me what to do and telling me what they want then i can't fail to to me that's an out that's usually that's often an outcropping of being raised catholic which i was was i'm i'm exactly the same yep tell me yeah. what you want tell yep. me so i can yeah. please you that's and it's like yeah. and that it and then because i'm i'm relaxed because i know i'm pleasing you then it's like now i'm i can be turned on yep yeah yep i so i i totally get you totally the same so it's super interesting that that you went right to that but but yes so um can we dovetail into the astrology? Please, please, let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. And is it is it okay if we just if we just do do yours for the most part? Yes, I can. I'll share some about myself. So, so for, with shamanic astrology, it's a little bit different than just regular Western astrology, which you know everybody you know the sun because Western astrology focuses on the sun sign, 
which is a, um, actually a masculine patriarchal approach to um, astrology. And that's why Western astrology is not really that that accurate in, in many ways because they, it's over-focused on the sun sign. And the, the guy that created the shamanic astrology, Daniel Giamario, he's like, this is this, he created this whole system because of that. So the sun really represents the energy that we're comfortable inhabiting and your yours is in um, Aquarius. And so this, this makes you, you're like the rebel and the revolutionary. <laughs> and yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's your energy. And Venus and Mars then, which are also, you know, like the sun, all the planets inhabit one of the signs in the sky when you're born, your Venus, Venus is your feminine energy, your feminine essence is also in Aquarius. And only about 30% of women have that. So, so the Aquarius energy for you is, is really big. And this doing things differently and doing things your way, not necessarily in a, maybe kind of a little bit of a stubborn way, but just, you're going to do things. You're going to be the rebel. You're going to do what, what really feels right to you or what you think is right. Like a hundred percent. Like I am all about being my most authentic self and to keep asking myself, who is that? And, and to all, and to keep hitting the button. So I get closer and closer and closer and closer. And I've always been that kid. I'm a little different. Like I have to be a little bit different, even like everything about me kind of has to be like a little totally Aquarius. Yes. I'm a total Aquarius. You are. And that, and having the both in there really, really enhances that. And I will also tell you just as a quick aside, so that with what's going on and where the planets are right now, Aquarius is very activated. So this is a really transformational time for you um, in more ways, in more ways than one, but, but we'll, we'll get, we'll get to that. So your Venus is in, is in Aquarius. And so your, your feminine energy, it, it loves to be that. And Aquarius is, like I said, is a, about you earlier with the moon and Gemini also that those are thinkers. They're thinking, they, they like to think things through. Aquarius likes to understand, likes um, the higher consciousness. So Aquarius is always going to be drawn to like astrology and, and this type of anything that they can do to get to higher consciousness. Also going to be drawn to most of the time be drawn to technology and how technology can, can increase their knowledge and take them to a higher level. Does that make sense to you? Okay. So it's so funny because usually everything I read about Aquarius, I'm like, yes, like even I'm, I'm a thinker and a hundred percent. I'm, I analyze, 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 like I'm constantly thinking. Um, but the one thing I always read about Aquarius is this technology piece, which couldn't be further from the truth for me. I'm like, I, I, I hate, I, I hate it. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. And I, I love that you said that because we're moving into the age of Aquarius and the shadow, the shadow of Aquarius basically is going to be because it's so much going to the, like it's the mind of God going into the mind that it separates out from the body. It puts the mind over the body and you lose the heart. So the sh- that's the shadow of Aquarius and Aquarians are so important as we move into the, this new age, because you can see what's coming with technology, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. You can see what's coming and the, it's going to be important for humanity to hold on to the heart 
to the heart of God, which is Pisces, and your Mars, which is your masculine energy, is actually in Pisces. Your big, soft heart is your masculine energy. It's your boy energy. Interesting. Yes. That because yes. I, I am like the most empathetic, emotional ever. Yes. Ever. Yes. Okay. That's your boy energy. How weird. about them apples? Isn't that yeah. weird? Okay. Crazy, hey? Yeah. So you're when you're when your boy energy is expressing, it is that empathic, of course, Pisces, anyone with Pisces, um, that empathic, you can pick up everybody else's energy. I mean, I, like I think we talked about when we talked before. I'm like, you would be a natural, honestly, at well, you already do this stuff, you don't even know it, but but psychic energy, you can read people. I, um, I read, I really do read. Yeah. And I've been like harnessing like crazy this and practicing it. And yeah. I just wish I had somebody else that I could say like to verify what it is I'm picking yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. It's that's a tough one putting it out there and, you know, kind of risking it with people. Um, so yeah, that's your, that's your part, you know, part of your softness. So that's a, it's a big one. And that's your, that's your masculine. And then you have Leo rising with your ascendant and that's what you're here learning in this lifetime. And Leo is all about being the star and the way I, and I actually have the same. So we have the same sun or the same um, rising, the same black moon Lilith and the same Gemini it kind of blows my mind to be honest with you or the same moon. I mean, I'm sorry, your moon is in Gemini, but as with the Leo rising, that's all about learning to, and you said this a, a little bit before, it's about learning to in self-love and then allowing that to just radiate all your, you're loving yourself and you're being exactly who you are in all your wide, wild, weird ways. Um, and just letting yourself shine and just, it's healing the heart wounds that are keeping you back from letting yourself shine really is. And that's what you've been working on. And even that little bit about letting go of control that you said that, that is one way that you just did self-love in the biggest way. Like, Oh, I, you know, I don't have to care about him. I don't, I have to take care of myself. I mean, essentially that's what you did there. Yes. And that is, you know, that is like Leo. And like I said, that Leo's are the stars, the center of attention, but you don't have anything else in Leo. So it might not be something that, that you're very comfortable with because it's what you're learning. You're learning how to do this radiant self-love piece. It's really yeah. weird. I, I like, I love, um, public speaking or mm -hmm. obviously I started a podcast because I haven't been doing any public speaking. So I'm like, well, I need to, I need to talk. So I start, you know, <laughs> this is my podcast, <laughs> but um, yeah. I, I like social media because I can show a picture, but like I'm in charge of what that image looks like. Whereas in my daily, I, when my daily life, like I wear, baggy clothes or I'm all covered up. I hardly wear makeup. Like I don't like standing out. I don't, it's like, I like to choose when I'm being seen and when I'm being heard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because what you're going to do is what you'll ultimately end up doing is sort of blending it all together where you, no matter what, no matter how you're dressed, you're still radiating that, that self-love you're still radiating. It doesn't matter what you look like. And I find this to be true, especially as I get, interestingly enough, as I get older and I mean, you know, <laughs> well, getting older is not a lot of fun, but I actually, men respond to me 
it, it doesn't matter what I'm wearing. And it doesn't, and it, it isn't necessarily in a sexual way. And it's not just men. It's not in a sexual way. It's just in a supportive um, provider protective way. It's just really fascinating. And that's kind of the space that you'll find yourself moving into. I think just looking at your chart. And then I said, like I said, you have the moon in Gemini and that is the gypsy, the gypsy, the, the party girl, but they, um, no, I don't mean that in a bad way. In the, you know, no, in a fun I don't, way. Gy I don't take offense to it. I I like to party. <laughs> gypsy, gypsy energy is that that energy. And uh, anyone with um, some Gemini significantly placed is probably gonna have more than one marriage or more than you know one significant relationship because Gemini's are like the Don Juan, Don Juanitas, really. And with your Moon there, it's an inherent placement. And Gemini's also are can be chatterboxes, so. Yeah, you and I, we would talk on and on and on for hours and hours. Oh, for sure. So wait, back back to this uh, more than one marriage. Could it just be two marriages and then I'm done? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I want to get into, I'm glad that you said that because I, I forgot to mention one, of the, one thing about the rising sign, um, that indicates your relationship axis, which is a huge part of what I do when I'm working with, because I have this whole series that I go through with women when I'm when I'm working with them on relating and relationship, which is what is your relationship vision? And I start with their ascendant because that tells us what their relationship axis is. And yours and mine both is the Leo Aquarius axis. And that is actually a need for a lot of freedom. And it's gonna be a very unconventional approach to relationship. You would see people with this combination like be interested in polyamory, for example, or you know, one would live in one house and one would live in the other house. They just are going to do it a different way. And it doesn't. So it's in that it's like, find your, find it is what it is that really matches you. Like for me at this point in my life, I think it'd be great to be married or have a committed relationship, but he lives somewhere else. I don't want to live with someone. And I, I think I've always been that way. So it's, it's about, okay, for me, it's like, oh, that's kind of nice that that's how I am and that there is nothing wrong with me. I don't have to have a relationship forever and ever. What is driving me for that? And I'm not saying this is you, that's just me. What was my driver for that? And it was ultimately just fear. And once I dug all that out, I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. But for you, you're like, you're not really wired for that, that one, one, one commitment. Not that you can't make it work, but you're really not wired for that. What? <laughs> I, yeah. like, I really feel like I am. Yeah, yeah. And um, like I said, it could be fear drivers and it might not be. But you, you're you honestly, there is not much in you. That, <laughs> that's, you do have Pluto and Libra. So I will say that relationships will be a great teacher for you um, as far as your personal evolution. I'm but you done can... learning, Susan. I don't want to <laughs> learn anymore. Please. I just want to be happy. Like my ideal situation is, like, I want that, like, super passionate, sexual, like, um, laugh your ass off. I'm addicted to this person. Like, and I do want to live with them. But for me, I would totally not mind if this person traveled a lot for business. Yes, exactly. 100%. And that, and that um, is how you create the polarity that keeps the sex great. Right. Honestly. And I know yeah. that. 
And so I'm like, like, uh, yeah. So like, but if I was around the same person, like, and we're, it's just inevitably like something about it. And I know there's fear there because I'm coming out of that, this marriage where, you know, but like, I just know that that's how these little things add up and the like little annoyances start. And I, so, yeah, I mean, ideally I'm like, I would love to meet somebody who was a businessman that, you know, had his own business and he had to travel a bunch for work or whatever the case may be. Um, but like long distance relationships, they don't scare me. Like I, I like that. Yeah. I like to have my yep. independence and my freedom and then be exactly. excited to see somebody and like keeping that energy yep. alive. Like I love that. Yep. And allow you and allow yourself that allow yourself that you're going to have an unconventional approach. And and then you got to work out. You got to work out the kinks in it because it is it is super challenging. I mean, it it's taken me a lot of triggering myself and deep digging to go, oh, man, what do I really want? And is it fear? Like you said, it, is it fear? Is it fear of intimacy? Is it fear that the sec, you know, I'm going to lose that that spark or what which fear is driving me where it's the constant to me, it's like this constant, just paying attention to, and I'm just so much happier than I really have ever been. And I'm in a relationship that, that really suits me right in the moment. And it may change because I have a, my moon and Gemini and we're changeable. <laughs> so it's just different. If I met a different guy, it might be different, but you also have some things in Sagittarius. So that's a, sort of an adventurous, that's another freewheeling sign. So you, you're a lot of a freewheeler, whatever, yeah. whoever your guy is, we want consistency and commitment, but but the spaciousness to really be who we are. So any guy that yeah, wants to come in and try to limit you. I want to go on adventures. Like it's so important yeah. for me to find somebody that's like down to go on adventures and try new things and is constantly into their own personal evolution. Like yep. not, none of these guys that are just like happy with the status quo. Like who are you next? What's next? Like, yeah. I need yep. that. Like what's next for us? Where are we going next? How, what are we, what are we doing in this life together? Because we're only going to get this one life as these people. So how are we going to live it? You know? Yep. And, and for you also with the, your, your mind, Mercury, which is Mercury, the planet Mercury is how we think is in Capricorn. So you got those two things in Capricorn in a very significantly place. So Capricorns have the tendency to, they can see the big vision. They can see how things need to be done and they're right about how things need to be done. Amen, and dude. <laughs> I, I know. And, and they have a really hard time of letting going back to the, the story you told us about your husband, where you let go, have a very hard time letting go of control of the way they think things should be done. Um, so that's, that to me is like your, your biggest sort of challenge when it comes to, to relate. One of your biggest challenges when it comes to relationship is that, is allowing other ways for things to be done, allowing yeah. him of his space to to be human too, to be it's a man. Because I, a lot of times <laughs> I do I do feel like I know what's right. Well, and you do actually. Yeah. The truth is, with Capricorns, they they I have my daughter's a Capricorn, and yep, usually they know, um, but they got to let go of the control. <laughs> <laughs> and let other people figure it out when yep. I'm having a disagreement with someone I just I mean I had a I had a horrible week last week I mean you name it it happened last week okay I ended my a relationship with family members uh um my my children's father got laid off and like 
my my three-year-old got kicked out of preschool we're dealing with like a some kind of personality situation with her um and like one thing after another today i found out that my the gym that i work for is closing like boom 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 everything's kind of stacked together remember remember what i told you about (laughs) about your life being radically transformed yes no that's happening right now yeah happening right now yeah, there there was a, a lunar eclipse on uh, was it Saturday? The lunar yeah. eclipse. Yeah, yeah, you were in. We were in eclipse season, and so that lunar eclipse actually was was significant for you in in an uncomfortable way. So the um, a lot of challenges would have come up for you to to I guess find a different way to do things is the only way I can really put it. I, and this, I can't go into all that in, in, in this time, but yeah, it would, it would be challenging. I, I feel for you. I'm in the same boat. So if that makes you feel better, <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like the universe is literally shifting my entire life and like and you, forcing me to go in another get, direction. And I I'm okay with it. Yeah. Changes. And, and luckily you have, like I said, the Gemini in there because Gemini energy is very adaptable, but you've also got Pluto, which has just moved into Aquarius and that's the planet of uh, death rebirth transformation and that thing is is going to spend 30 years in aquarius and so it's just the next this is just going to be a really massively transformational time for you so 30 for 30 years (laughs) 30 years in in aquarius yeah no okay (laughs) if we focus on the birth part it's not so bad (laughs) rebirth yeah exactly well you know, in some ways you thrive on, on change and um, I don't want to use the word diversity. I, I just want to use the word, you know, you like to dig, you you do like to dig and um, you don't like to have to deal with structures and things that, that hold you back. So um, I think it's going to be fun actually for you. I really do not. I, it's not a bad thing. Okay. It really is not a bad thing. Back to love though. Is there yes, anywhere in my chart that says that love is coming? <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely have no doubt in my mind. <laughs> in fact, as a psychic, I can already see a guy. <gasps> Stop right now, Susan. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is he at least 6'2? Is he at least 6'2? He, he looks tall, dark, and handsome to me. Oh my gosh. So. Yay. Oh my gosh. Does he have a kind heart? Is he funny? Does he plan <laughs> dates? Is he consistent? <laughs> <sighs> You got to give him a chance to plan. That's a hard thing with with men. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Let's see here. What kind of? You may be drawing water signs. I don't know. It would be interesting to see your your soon to be ex husband's chart. But I don't. This guy. I don't think you're because you're not clear of your marriage yet, right? It's not final. No, I'm clear. No, it's. Oh, you are clear. Yes. When was it final? It's not final now, but we're 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 not married anymore. Like. The divorce isn't final, though. Divorce isn't final, but we've been, it's been like 16 months. Okay. When will it be final? Uh, Probably within the next two months. Okay. Because I, I see this this person, um, and it, but it's it's after, to me, I'm, the reason I'm asking that is because it's after you're, you're totally, totally done with that. And there, there may be someone, I see actually, a, there's, there's not, you're not going to have a shortage of men to choose from. Oh, that's music to my ears. I love yeah. men. Bring all the men. Let me choose. Bring, bring me like a buffet of men, and I will put a little bit of each on my plate and decide what I like. There, that's the Gemini. There we go. <laughs> that a girl. 
<laughs> yep. And that's, that's, that is what you should do. And so I, you know, there may be a, a time period in there for you where there's, there is the smorgasbord type of approach, but this one guy really stands out when he's behind the smorgasbord. So it's like you go through that first and then I see this, this man and he looks financially stable as what? Well. Sorry. I'm sorry. That's all just coming in. And we, no, we are please here keep to talk going. About please keep going. Please, <laughs> you don't understand. I need to hear this. I've been so depressed because I've been like out there and dating and not even looking for like, I'm not even looking for my next husband or anything. That's not even where I'm at, but I just was living without intimacy and romance and love of that, that, you know, for so long that that's what I've yeah. been wanting. I've been wanting a boyfriend you know, yeah, but like, yeah. I haven't been able to connect with anyone in that way, like to where I'm even remotely interested in that with anybody, you know? So yeah. I've been so frustrated and like very lonely. And, um, so to hear that there's someone even there on the horizon, it like brings me hope. So thank you. You can, yeah, peace coming. And you can use all this time that you have now with all these other guys to kind of really practice that sort of feminine leaning back type of thing. It's hard. I will say this. Um, it is hard when you first um, start into that sort of more feminine energy approach because men are so used to women just doing everything. Women always texting, women initiating, you know, women planning the dates, women making the suggesting. And so we're, as women, what we're doing is completely emasculating men and ruining, honestly, ruining the dating process. It's going back to a little bit of a more old fashioned look, to be honest, but, and it takes a while for a man to figure out what you're doing when you, when you start doing it or to understand, but once they get it, they, it, it really, it really works. <laughs> I've never really been, I've, I've never really been like the kind of person. And I talk about, you know, dating and I kind of give dating advice on the podcast, but I've never really I, I kind of refer back to very old school, traditional mm -hmm. ways of dating because I feel like that's what works and that's kind of what's going to Absolutely. set the tone for the relationship that yep. you're entering into. So I personally, I, in, in my entire life, I've propositioned one man and I've like been very forward with one man and, I, and the listeners know him as Jim crush, but literally I've only ever, like, I, I asked, I wanted a situationship with him. I've never done that with another man. And I've, like, gone, I, like, went after this person. Like, I've never done that before. Am I with mm -hmm. him? No. <laughs> Did not work out for me. <laughs> but, like, I'm happy that I went through that. You know what I mean? Because it took yeah. a lot of balls for me. That's really not who I am. Like, I like to be the chaste one, you know? So I've never done right. that before. Um, but you know, I don't, that didn't work out. It's not working out. It's not really going my way. I had to go through that, but I don't think it works. I think you, you it doesn't. need to You're sit right. back. You know what I mean? Or, Let the man do the texting and the planning. It can, if you want to, if you want to be the, you know, you want to be um, the masculine energy in the relationship, it can work. And there are men that want to be in their feminine energy or, you know, whatever the dynamic is. If, if you're, you can, you can do that, but I, I personally don't want to be, I want to, I'm like you, I want to be in my feminine energy. I want to be the one that's quote unquote chased. And that's, it's much healthier for men that way. Cause that's how they're wired. They're designed to, they're hunters, the, they're designed to hunt. And so, and it's not about playing game playing either. You know, when you sit back in the, your feminine energy and it, it's definitely not about 
playing games or, or not responding or, you know, it's all about how am I feeling in the moment and what's driving me. Because a lot of times we have these little hidden fear drivers and we come up with these excuses. Um, some of the, this one gal that I'm coaching is just like, oh my goodness, it's so hard to get her to just like, well, your fear, your inner boy is, is wanting to, to drive the bus here. And you got to, you got to give him another job and let your inner girl just, just lean back and let the man show himself. Because the other thing that happens is when we overfunction like that, we end up with, with men that aren't a match for us. And that's right. what's happening here with, with this particular situation I'm talking about. This man is not a match for her and she wants to just keep pursuing and keep pursuing as she's so invested because she, she's always doing it just, and she's not no, happy I, and he's not I happy heard, and it doesn't work. I heard something interesting the other day. I heard that if you're, and I was totally allowing to reflect back on my own situation because I basically got rejected from this person and there was like a light flirtation kind of still going on. And so this, I was like, what was his name? Jim, Jim Crush Jim or Crush. something? Yeah. Jim Crush. Okay. So I was like, okay, well, Jim maybe. Crush. and he was going through his own personal thing. There was a third party situation. So he, he was dealing with like, his own stuff. It was really bad timing. Um, but I, they were saying that the reason that you're going to keep going after someone or keep, you know, continuing to fancy this person that's like rejecting you is because it's just validating your own fears about yourself that like yep. your unworthiness or your unattractiveness. And like, so you in your head create this, this situation to where like, if I can get this person to choose me, then all of those bad things that I believe about myself aren't true. And it's like this one person becomes like you solving that about yourself, which is completely ridiculous. It is. Well, that been, and, and that's all true. And the other interesting thing is even when he, even if he were to choose you, it, it wouldn't, it would only, you know, they'll only satisfy that wound temporarily. Exactly. <laughs> so that's, that's the irony of the whole, the whole, whole thing. And that's why going back to what I was saying about just dealing with these, the hidden heart wounds that, knock us down. And some of them we don't get to see until we get to see them. But it, the more we can dig out and learn how to deal with them and process them, instead of letting us, us letting them drive us into something that it's the better off we're going to be it takes a lot of it does, does take a lot of willingness to really look at yourself. But that that's what you've been doing. And that's where you are. And that's why you know, you've made the amazing progress that you have at, at, at record speed, honestly. Yeah, like, I li I feel like you. I I've quantum leaped in like a year. It's been pretty insane. Like the jumps that I've made in my life, how I just completely like turned the knob on my life, and I just decided, you know, uh, and it was, I think it was August of twenty twenty two. I don't know, maybe maybe before that, but some something around where I just decided like this isn't my life. This isn't mm -hmm. who I want to be. I am not happy. I don't want to live this lie. Why am I continuing to live this? This is not my truth. Like, what am I doing? You know, like I only get this one life and I just like, and just, and I, it took me so much to work through my personal fear of what was on the other side of turning that knob. And then I turned the knob and now I'm, you know, it's been over a year and I'm on this other side of it. And, you know, it's not all rainbows and kittens, but like I'm so much happier in the unknown yeah. now than yeah. I was living in the known that wasn't my truth. Yeah, totally makes sense. Absolutely. And that's super powerful because, and that, and that kind of, to me, kind of goes back a little bit to the feminine 
the feminine, you know, the yin yang symbol is white is white and black, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, yin, which is feminine, is black, and yang is white. So feminine is is the dark, the darkness, and that's that's where the creative potential is. And so feminine energy is literally magical. I mean, literally magical because all we got to do is put what we want into the space. And if we're authentic and aligned, just like you're talking about, it will materialize. We let it go. We just, we let it, we put it into the space. We don't try to control it. We just let it go. And it, it I've never seen it honestly fail when you're totally in alignment with something. And that I, I'm, I'm thinking that's what's going on with you right now. You're totally in alignment and, yes. and everything will evolve in its time. Yes, I am totally from your lips. Okay. I am totally yeah. in alignment right now. It's all working out for me. Everything always works out for me. It's <laughs> yes. I'll just say it everything over and does over always over work again. out. It it, well, it does. Everything always works out the way the way that it's supposed to. I mean, there is life is always going to be. You can't have light without dark. You can't have joy without pain. So that is the duality. And the I find the lower I can go, the higher I can go. Um, that's, that's the truth. And the same, you know, I don't know, it's, it's, it's super interesting. It's like, if, if I'm willing to dig to the depths, then my joy and my bliss is even higher. But I, and then I also stay in the state of more, this more contented, peaceful state than I ever have. You're so right. Nice. You're so, I'm a little yeah. shook that you said the, the feminine was the dark. Yeah. And the, yin and the yang. I'm shook by that. Yeah, exactly. Like I feel like I have a whole perspective change from that single sentence. And there's power, there's power in, in the darkness and it's non, non, you know, it's like the non, non judgment and just look, wow. And it's more powerful in, in my opinion, this is just my opinion. It's more powerful in many ways than the light in good ways. You know, it's, it's powerful. It's just fear that keeps us out of the dark. In some ways, I think maybe, we're, we're programmed to think that way, just like we're programmed out of our sexuality because that's our creative life force power. If, if more women could inhabit this feminine creative space, nothing would something, something I'm not going to quote it properly, but the Western woman will save the world, something along that line. And I believe that because if we could all start Let's just say women, the, the feminine energy of the, the Western world, let's just all inhabit that space in a genuine and authentic way. We, the world would like hundred monkeys tipping point, all this war and all this divisiveness would be gone. Oh, I believe you. Yes. I believe you speak it. That, yeah. That's the magic of the feminine. And that's why I'm so passionate about it because I I've seen it at work in my own life and in the work of my clients the, or the life of my clients, I've seen it work. And it's just, it's amazing. So, yep, don't fear if the darkness. If people are curious about you after listening to you speak and they want to work with you, what are, like, what specifically are you working um, through your coaching with women on? So I do, um, well, it's it's evolved into two different things. Um, one is like relationship coaching. I have quite a few that I'm working with. We create a relationship vision based on their um, ascendant and look at their, their feminine and masculine energy. And then if they have a partner, we can look at their, his alignments as well and see how 
is more from a point of understanding as opposed to a point of compatibility because you're never going to be 100% compatible with anybody. And this also kind of dovetailed into just a vision vision quest. I've, I'm working with several women on their business, their businesses, and they're trying to start a business or they're they're trying to get something done. And I've been able to take that same model using astrology and adapt it into into creating a vision for their business. So those are the two areas. And then I I work with people just straight up reading. Um, most people that work with me have have a level of already on a level of self-awareness, I guess, is a good way to put it. Um, so I do do that as well. Well, that's cool that you're attracting those kinds of clients. It's like you're, yeah. they're like next yeah. level clientele. Like they're like, oh, I'm going to go to Susan for this because she knows what's what's up. Yeah, and that, that's true. That is true. One of the reasons that I stopped as far as like doing like psychic fairs and and even reading on like a psychic line is it, it I love people who are ready to evolve and, and you don't always get, you don't always get to pick and choose that way. <laughs> so yes, you know, because you're dealing yeah. with just the general public of curiosity. basically. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm basically obsessed with you at this point. I hope that you will come back. You're I've, so I've, cute. I've so enjoyed this conversation, mostly because we talked about me a lot, probably, but I did, <laughs> but I did, I did learn a lot and I hope the listeners did too. And again, I hope you will come back. You've been amazing. I'm going to put all the links in the show notes um, so that people can find you. And Susan, okay. thank you so much for your time. Is there thank anything you, you want to close in? This is called what not to do. So essentially we give, um, our listeners advice on what not to do when they're sex, love, dating relationships and divorce. You have a, a, a little well, piece of wisdom to end on perhaps. What not to do, especially if you're in a challenging situation with a man is, is don't emasculate them and see, see what happens. See what happens. See what kind of shifts you can make with a man. If you, if you stop um, bowing up and emasculating them. That would be a what not to do. There's, there's so much power for women in that. Power, power in leaning into your feminine, even yep. though uh, we did even not get into the baby birth. We did not get into the baby birth thing in my astrology. So you're gonna have to like email me about that because <laughs> I want to know why I'm why I'm choosing that. It's and I want to stop. It's the Pisces. That. It's the Pisces in you. Wow. But there's also probably some wounding. Yeah, there's there's complicated. We'll look at it anyway. Okay. That, that would be my what not to do. Stop, stop emasculating men. Look okay, at uh, uh, um, Alison Armstrong, uh, Queens, the Queen's Code, amazing book, okay. amazing information in that book about how not to emasculate men. Somewhat can be somewhat challenging to read. <laughs> There's the same, you know, it's just like, oh, really? But once you really settle into the information, it's amazing. Okay. I'm, I'm, right. I'm down. I'm going to check it out. All Thank right. you so much. All, All right. right. Good night, Susan. Thank you so much for your time. All right. Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye.
You're unbelievable. This has been the What Not To Do podcast. To keep up with the latest podcast news, follow along on our Instagram page at What Not To Do PC. Be a doll, would you? Don't forget to like, follow, and share this podcast. You're unbelievable.